Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead. I'm your host, Lisa. I am so excited to have you guys here today because I have something spectacular that I want to share with you guys. And I just can't wait to dive in to this episode. Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead. Come along with us on our journey from a small suburban homestead lifestyle to our new lifestyle homesteading in the rural countryside of Southern Arizona. We'll share with you our tips, tricks, successes, and failures from both our past suburban lifestyle to our new rural lifestyle, all on the Two Acre Homestead. by the title of this episode, we are growing animal food. What? Growing animal food? Yes. So I got to dial back, go backwards in time. The month of November, my mom, I had, my whole family was here. And, um, grandma was telling us my, my, that's my mom, but we call her grandma. Um, she was telling us, some things that were really interesting about how when she was growing up, what life was like for her on a 10 acre farm. Now, those of you who may or may not have heard, um, I think it's our first introduction podcast. We had talked about um, how my grandfather was the one who really taught me how to garden because he was a farmer. And so my mom grew up on that farm and her job was to take care of the chickens. So, you know, we're all sitting around, we're talking about, you know, the chickens and everything. And mind you, my husband and I, we've been keeping chickens since 2016. And as of the recording of this, this is now 2022, 2022. So we've been keeping chickens for a little while. And we, I, I turned and I asked my mom this basic question because she was really going into some details about the chickens and how they rotated them and, and, you know, how they, they kind of like, they, they tagged the chicken, like they would tag a chicken when they knew that chicken was going to go to the pot. This was its last year. I mean, she was going into some nitty gritty details, right? And, um, I asked her this basic question. I, I I said, "Hey, mom. So, what did you feed the chickens? What what kind of feed did you give them?" And she said, "Feed." She goes, "What do you mean?" She goes, "I fed them every day." And I said, "No, no, no. I meant the chicken feed. Like, what brand of feed did you give them?" And she looked at me like I was some sort of crazy woman. And she's like, "We didn't feed them any feed. Nobody went to a feed store for a chicken or." a pig or anybody or a cow. She goes, we didn't do anything like that. And I looked at her like she was crazy. And I, cause I can't imagine how, well then how did the chickens eat? What did they eat? I mean, did they just live on table scraps? And she laughed her head off and she's like, yes, they did. And I, you know, I mean, we have known for a very long time 
when you keep chickens, they first of all, chickens and pigs are not vegetarian. I, I know people go to the store and you see this wonderful packaging that says vegetarian chickens. Chickens don't want to be vegetarians. If you've ever seen a chicken eat a mouse or a bug, it is, they are merciless, okay? I mean, they they are definitely meat eaters. And the same thing with a pig. A pig will eat a dead chicken like it ain't, it, like it's nothing, okay? So these animals don't want to be vegetarians. They're omnivores. So that means they eat both. They, be, they eat both, you know, greens and meat. So I, I looked at her, I, going back to my mom, I'm like, so you only fed them table scraps? I mean, this doesn't make any sense. And she goes, she started laughing again. She goes, no. She says, okay, so your grandfather had one acre. So my grandfather had one acre that he devoted to growing just food for the family. Then he had a quarter of an acre that he devoted just for the chickens and his pigs. That's it. That was it. And and he had cows too. And I asked her about the cows and she's like, the cows, they, they ate grass. They were, they were, they rotated on the paddocks. And so I asked her, you know, to really go into detail about this garden that was set aside for the animals. And she says they, he grew everything in that area that they pretty much could eat. She says, with the exception of the dent corn, um, she says he grew carrots, he, everything, everything that you would, you and I would eat. But there were a couple other things that he grew as well. And so I was like, okay, please explain. And she's like, he grew millet, sunflowers, and um, he also grew wheat. And I looked at her and I'm like, wheat, cow, you know, chickens don't eat, you know, I guess chickens can eat wheat. And she goes, no, 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 no. She says they eat the grass because if you let the wheat go, then it becomes more like a straw or a hay. And she says they, he would use that sometimes for them to eat or sometimes to fill in for the bedding of uh, the chicken coops. Genius. Absolutely genius. This sent my husband and I on on this hunt of how how did they do their gardens, how he planted everything so that he didn't have to rely on a grocery store to feed his animals. My grandfather fed his animals off of his property. So for my husband and I, we decided that we are taking a certain section of our property. We're not going to, we have the room to do maybe a quarter of an acre, but we're a little intimidated by that. (laughs) Being that our main garden right now for ourselves and for our CSA is about 3,200 square feet. So, I mean, that's as big as a house. That's how big our garden space is. So we're adding on 
to that. Um, it's going to be on the other side of our property. But our plan is to grow the exact same things that my mom named off and to do the exact same thing that um, that he did as far as growing wheat is concerned, which I thought was absolutely genius that he would grow the wheat, cut it before he would cut it before it became like grain, or at least that's what it sounds like he would do. And then he would let that dry and then cut it up. And sometimes he could use that for bedding. He could use that for the, um, for the pigs. He could, it, it just has so, so many uses on a homestead. So that is what we are super excited for is that we're going to be doing this experiment of trying to grow our the food for our animals here in our homestead. Now, we are going to be making room for more chickens and we're actually it, it this conversation I'm so excited I, I'm like tongue tied practically and that's not good to have a podcast and be tongue tied but I'm so excited because it like I said it sent us down this rabbit hole of how did these old timers do it cuz in my conversation with my mom she explained that there was no hatchery <laughs> Because I asked her, you know, just a basic, basic question. I was like, another basic question. I'm like, so, you know, did you guys have meat birds? And she's like, no. She goes, every time, you know, you guys talk about meat birds and, and everything, she goes, we just didn't have that. And so I was like, well, how, how did you, how did you raise your animals for meat? And so she explained the system. It's an awesome system that my grandfather and my grandmother had as far as rotating their their animals. So it's kind of like, I you know, it's just really genius. So what they did is they had they had two different flocks. Each both flocks had a rooster in each of those flocks. And what would happen is when the hens would go, when a hen would go broody, they would collect the eggs and they would put it underneath the broody hen. Now they would mark, like let's say for example, um, the the hen that, that's gone broody, broody meaning she wants to sit and hatch out eggs. That particular hen when she, um, when you're collecting um, the eggs to put up under her, let's say that hen is um, your layer, one of your layer hens. In other words, she is devoted strictly for egg production. That's that's the hen that she is. That's the flock that she's a part of. You have your egg production and you have your meat production, and so when one of those hens, let's say the, the egg production hen, she goes broody. You take all of the eggs from both flocks, 
and you put them under her. Now you mark which ones are the chickens that you're using for meat. So you mark the you mark that particular egg in pencil. My mom said that was extremely important, and it is, to mark that in pencil. Now, what they did is they put a band around that hen's leg because once that hen, once a hen starts going broody, um, if, oh, how did she explain it? She said, if that hen is more than two years old and she's gone broody, once she's hatched out her eggs, once she's raised her chicks, then that chicken is going, she's going to be a, a pot chicken. In other words, a chicken that you would use for soups, um, bone broth, anything like that, because she's older, her meat is going to be a little bit more tough. But you want to wait until her chicks are able to be on their own. Um, but once the chicks are hatched out, then you separate who you want as your meat chicken and who you want as your, uh, um, you know, which, which chickens are your layer hens and you can separate them out that way. And you just constantly rotate your meat chickens and then you can, with your laying hens, make sure you know who's older and who needs to be culled, who needs to go to the pot, who, you know, who needs to go to freezer camp and who is younger. She also said that the roosters, because a lot of times they would hatch, roosters would hatch out. She says, a lot of times with the roosters, um, as soon as they got to the point where they were able to crow, that's when they would go also to freezer camp. They would, you know, they would be cold. So they kept their flock on a continuous rotational method. I hope I'm explaining this correctly because I am reiterating I'm repeating what she said, but I have not lived it yet myself. So that's what we're super excited about this year um, is we are ordering our, for the last time ever, hopefully, um, we get in the month of March. So next month we get our um, meat, our meat birds. We ordered Cornish Cross. But what we did is we called the hatchery and we had them get us a, uh, I think it was 10, um, what, 10 speckled Sussex. I keep wanting to say white speckled Sussex, but they're not. They're just speckled Sussex chickens is what we opted to go for because they go good with our climate and um, those particular chickens are what they call a dual purpose. So they can be used for meat. They're about a medium size and um, a medium sized bird. And so we are planning on setting up the same rotational method 
that my grandfather did, where we have the two flocks, one you use for meat, the other flock is your laying flock, but that laying flock is what you also use for soups and stews and everything like that because they're older. So, in conjunction, you, you know, add the fact that we are going to be growing our own chicken food. What I am describing to you is the old way of doing it, the way the old timers did it, and a more closed system of growing our own food. And that's what has me so super excited because by doing it this way, that takes our dependency off of the hatcheries, that takes our dependency off of the feed store as well. And as you know, inflation is real and the cost of feed, the cost of everything is going up. And so that is our one thing that we are trying to do this year that will help in that area. So that way we can continue to produce good food without a lot of cost. So one thing I failed to mention um, with our existing flock is that we actually, uh, two years ago, no, last year, excuse me, last year. So in 2020, 2021, we, I had bought some fertilized eggs. Now we had a speckled Sussex hen and she was just, oh my gosh, she was such a wonderful hen. She went broody. And in 2021, we took, I bought some um, fertilized eggs and stuffed them up under her. Well, she hatched out two chickens. One was a rooster, the rooster that we have right now. His name is Rodney and his sister. And um, because his sister is a hen that has been hatched out and mothered, by another chicken, when she goes broody, that's our plan. And we know this year she probably will go broody. So when she goes broody, our plan is to put all those eggs up under her so she can hatch out some more eggs and some more um, chickens. The reason why I say that is the way that the system is right now, as far as poultry is concerned, most ourselves included in this statement, but most people who homestead buy their, their chickens from hatcheries. These chickens don't know what it's like to be mothered. So when they go broody, a lot of times that, that, that motherliness is not there with a lot of them. So the fact, and that was another reason for choosing a speckled Sussex hen is because they do go broody. And when they go broody, they are good laying hens. They will hatch out eggs. So our, um, 
So that's why we're excited because we already have a hen in our flock that is that has been hatched out by another chicken, raised by another chicken. So the assumption is that she will make a good chicken mama. So we're super excited. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be bringing you guys along with me and my husband on this little experiment. So the way that you can follow this sort of opting out of the hatchery and the feed store experiment, I don't even know what to call this, but I am putting together a newsletter and you can subscribe to the newsletter That newsletter is going to be put out monthly. I will not spam you. I have no interest in spamming you. So it's just a monthly newsletter. Um, It's going to be filled with lots of pictures and information, things that are going on on our homestead. Feel free to sign up. I'm super excited to take you along with. Um, Sign up for our newsletter. It is on our website, the twoacrehomestead.com. So next week, we are going to be talking about making room, how we are planning on making room for more animals on our homestead, because we have a lot of planning that we are doing when it comes to raising our own meat. And chickens are just one piece of the equation. There's also other animals that we are bringing onto our homestead. And so we are going to be talking about how we make room for these extra animals. I hope this podcast finds you well. And until next time, be safe out there.